Joe, why are the police outside? It's the podcast, Graham. They can't handle all the political truths we've been dropping. Freedom of speech is dead. The powers that be are coming to shut us down. What? But we didn't say anything like that in the podcast. You don't have to say much these days before the government come and shut you down. It's Orwellian. Are you sure it's the podcast? I I can't believe the government would arrest us for talking about Beyonce. Yes, it's mainly the podcast, yes. Mainly? Okay, I might have also sent some threatening letters to the banjo player from Mumford and Sons. What? Why? He knows why. Well, I'm letting the police in. I'm not getting involved. I signed the letters from both of us. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, look, here's the plan. We hand ourselves in, go to prison, then after a couple of weeks, we'll escape. That's not a plan. I haven't finished. We hand ourselves in, go to prison, then after a couple of weeks, we'll escape. But before that, we have to make an emergency mixtape. Hello and welcome to Joe and Graham's Emergency Mixtape. I am Joe. And I'm Graham. And this is the podcast where we invite our favourite people from the world of comedy and music to help us make a mixtape for every eventuality. And today we're joined by comedian and musician Andrew O'Neill. Welcome, Andrew. Hi. This is a show about mixtapes. Are you a maker or are you a receiver of mixtapes? Um, I, I think I've only ever really made them out of kind of romantic, um, romantic intent. Um, but the romantic intent was coupled with um, trying to get mainstream girls to like metal <laughs> through a series of steps from the shit pop music that they liked um, to, oh, well, if you like that, then you might like this song, and if you like this song, you might like, and then eventually you so get what, to what, what mortician. So what are the six degrees of, of separation from? Well, you know, Metallica's ballads are always a good one, or the, okay. or the kind of, like, you know, the sort of rock classics, and then you can sort of okay. edge towards, or if they were into, you know, if they're into hip-hop, then I'd do a bit of new metal. But this, I mean, right. I'm talking, like, I haven't done this since, like, the mid-'90s, so... OK. You know. um, but now I, I do I do quite a lot of um, Spotify playlists, so I just um, uh, watched and became obsessed with Chernobyl. Um, and I haven't seen it, is it good? It's absolutely wonderful. And it, it combines a few of the things that really ring my bells, like Cold War um, drama and um, nuclear apocalypse. Um, nuclear disaster, is, like, yeah, just, there's something about it really sort of uh, does it for me. And there's loads of metal about nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> so I've done so a Spotify playlist with them. Um, so with like an alternative of... soundtrack to the TV show? No, just, no, they, that wouldn't, no, because the soundtrack to Chernobyl is incredible because they um, they used uh, uh, sort of found sounds from, from inside nuclear reactors. Wow. And then built music out of it. Which is and it's and it and it's incredibly moody and whereas this is like loads of eighties thrash metal so okay. uh, bands like Nuclear Assault who you know, have got an album called Game Over the whole thing is, is <laughs> nuclear war and um, bands like um, uh, um, Discharge the um, early eighties um, anarcho punk band who did uh, some of the best songs about. Uh, the few, the uh, uh, possibility of life destruction is possibly the greatest nuclear <laughs> war ever. So, mate, that's the uh, the best thing about metal is is the titles. Uh, oh, undoubtedly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you you made a, there's a playlist. You've written a book about heavy metal. Yeah, and there's a playlist attached to that yeah. book. I did one, and then someone with far more admin application than me <laughs> did one of every song that's mentioned in the wow. book. 
I mean, I got re- you know, I've got ADHD, so I found as soon as I found the task repetitive and dull, I, 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 <laughs> I think I stopped about two thirds of the way through. Which is actually, to be honest, as much hand holding as people need. Um, and but yeah, I someone think actually because I read I read the book and I think it's brilliant, and Thank it was a, a route into. I've never been a big heavy metal fan. I think the thing that was interesting, which you talk about in the book, is I think I came into heavy metal at the worst time to come into heavy metal, which would be like late nineties, early noughties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, those were the dark times (laughs) yeah and I think that I you know so I was people would talk about Metallica but I listened to what Metallica was out then which I didn't really like and then there was lots of new metal stuff which I was never really into Um, and it was like a new it helped me to go back into other stuff I really enjoyed uh, talking about Hellhammer in the book oh Hellhammer wonderful yeah yeah the um, quite a lot of that stuff's got a a sort of uh, post-punk kind of gothiness to it in 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 atmosphere and and maybe that's why i liked him yeah because i'm big into post-punk and goth stuff yeah so um so maybe that's why i liked it yeah maybe that's why i liked it more or maybe it was going back maybe as a teenager it wasn't for me and now i'm going back into and hellhammer are, are exactly the opposite of that late 90s early noughties stuff because that's all got a kind of la image based yeah. kind of like the sort of stuff that the, that bloke that your brother knows who sells him weed would listen to. <laughs> yes. That kind of image. Whereas Hellhammer were about moustaches and spikes and leather and, and they used to rehearse in a nuclear bunker because in Switzerland all public buildings have to have a nuclear bunker, had to have a nuclear bunker. So there's loads of them. Because that, that's, that's a law, all public buildings? It was a law, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, but then the law not, no longer being a thing meant that there was loads of these incredible bunkers mm. around. And and it, I mean, the uh, Hellhammer is is the absolute um, ultimate in outsider art because um, no one got it, and to the degree that like they got slagged off by all of the underground metal zines, going, well, I mean, look, we like Metallica, we like early, really early Metallica, we like Metallica. <laughs> this is too heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I love that, and it's yeah, it's it's exactly the opposite of that kind of sunshiny hip hop influenced, like trying to be cool, baggy pants kind of thing. It did, I think that yeah, that sincerity comes through. In it, I, mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, we're making a mixtape today, Graham. Do you want to set up our situation for today? Sure. For reasons best left unknown, we are being sent to prison, and we are soundtracking the eventual due process, ingratiating ourselves perhaps with the guards, and subsequent escape from prison. Our first track is you. Yes, yes, it is. Um, so I thought, in keeping with the narrative of this week's theme, I would start with why we have been sent to prison. Um, so I've gone for Bobby Brown by Frank Zappa. Um, has, any, has either of you heard the song? I have. I, I, I like it a lot. Um, yeah, should we, should we listen to it and then have the, the inevitable discussion about problematic music? Yes, let's do that. Cool. <laughs> So, I never know with Frank Zappa how much is it coming from a kind of being as provocative as possible place, or what's your view? He was, I mean, pretty much instrumental in forming the, you know, the, the, the explicit content. Um, I love that. Have you had the story? Do you know the story about the parental advisory? I, I think you probably tell it better than I will. Well, the, so the first time a parental advisory label was put on an album was, was it? Jazz from Hell, right? I think so. It was yeah. a Frank Zappa album that yeah. was a fully instrumental album. <laughs> his track titles were so obscene that they put a parental advisory sticker on it. That's excellent. That was a question on University Challenge. Was it? That's wow. It was. They didn't get it right. 
Ah, idiots. Idiots. What idiots. are universities teaching these days? Well, not Frank Zappa. No. <laughs> Um, yes, the, the reason I picked this one, as I say, this is meant to soundtrack our initial um, incarceration, I suppose. And the reason being is there's a bit of a story, not necessarily behind this song, but I think this represents a good reason. So back when uh, Frank Zappa was a struggling musician, about like 24 years old or something like that, um, he was approached by a used car salesman to make a uh, like a sex tape for this party. <laughs> and... You know, knowing Frank Zappa, he didn't think that, yeah, he said, this is what I do, I'm Frank Zappa, I get offers to make sex tapes for parties, that's fine. So he went, he, he had a friend that was a go-go dancer and they made this, like, you know, made all the, fix, the uh, fake sex noises and all that kind of stuff. And it turned out that the... Uh, the, the so when you say sex tape, you're, you're talking about videotape? It was, I think it was a videotape. Right. Um, but they, obviously, they just kind of made the noises and the okay. appropriate noises and stuff like that. Right. And the rest, yeah. So like Foley artists for, for so, porn yeah. Foley artists. I think so. It never, they never went into specifics about the purpose of the right. tape, which I think is kind of <laughs> the biggest question in the whole story, really. But long story short, the, the used car salesman who wanted it was an undercover uh, like officer for the county sheriff's office. <laughs> and he got, um, he got arrested for felony to commit pornography, which was a thing, apparently. Wow. Yeah. But I think it was quite good, because if I recall correctly, he got the sentence reduced to like 10 days, and he dodged the draft whilst he was there. Hmm. So, every cloud. <laughs> There is, yeah, there is. I mean, I forget how. I was having a conversation with someone who said they listened to Joe's Joe's Garage with their children. And have you heard that album? But it's yeah. like a so it's a kind of rock opera mm. about a world where music has been banned, and they. But one of the characters in it gets an STD. Is that, that's the premise for the Queen musical as well, isn't it? Possibly. It may have, uh, it's a well-worn... I mean, in the Frank Zappa one, someone, like, fucks a mechanical pig, and I don't know whether that happens in the Queen no, I don't musical. Think that's the, I don't think that's in the But, uh, yeah, it's, it's out there, and his stuff is... I mean, yeah, it, it is obscene, and some of it has, has dated in a kind of uh, post-Me Too world. Mm. But, uh... I remember, listen, my, my vicar was really into this. I got to church group and he had a wall of, like, every... He's so prolific, had, like, a wall of every Frank Zappa album ever. And uh, and he got me into into Frank Zappa. And then I left the church because I didn't need anyone. I had Frank Zappa. He has a recording studio in Cucamonga. And I only mention that because it's not every day you get to say Cucamonga. Cucamonga. It's a very funny place name. It, 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 it strikes me in much the same way the stuff like... Um, uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and, and some of the Python stuff where people people who are smashing taboos often don't have a particular direction. Mm. So it's, I think a lot of this about satire, you know, satire tends to... Satire doesn't offer solutions. I've never heard Ian Hislop come up with an idea how to make things better. No. Um, <laughs> and um, he just kind of goes, ha and then, and then mocks people who do have ideas. Um, so I think often with those with those sorts of people, particularly around this period of the kind of, you know sixties and late sixties and seventies, there's some there's something where the the taboos that people are smashing are are establishment taboos, and that's kind of the target. But then mm. it's also just if anything you find anything that could be kind of offensive, you you're kind of drawn to that. Which you you now see with people like Terry Gilliam, who who is sort of railing against kind of identity politics in this mm. way that you kind of go it's like it's like his compass is off he's like he's going oh yes, some, yeah. some people are saying that some other people shouldn't do a thing in that case i must attack that mm. so you know i i i'm fairly 
fairly impossible to offend. So, but it, it, so I didn't find it kind of unpleasant, but I found it just sort of it, it, its target didn't seem obvious. Some it seems, yeah, it seems. I think that that since some of that, um, yeah, I think I think pr- progress is progressive ideas become establishment. That's how you progress and you push mm, those sure, ideas yeah. into the establishment. So if you're always by default anti-establishment, as progress happens, you're going to become anti, anti-progress. Um, I'd be interested, going back to Frank Zappa, I'd, I'd be interested to see, because there's a lot of, like, lyrically, um, there's a lot of objectionable stuff in there, a lot of words and things that just mm. simply aren't appropriate now. <coughs> but I would be interested to listen to it in, say, 1965 or something like mm. that and see what the opinion was. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the offensive words that we deem offensive now weren't at the time. It was, it was pretty much commonplace. So I don't know if it's like a commentary on that or... Yeah, well, I think we talked about Lou Reed on the podcast yeah. before and, and that that Transformer album, there's bits of that that are dated, but actually at the time was this incredibly kind of radical thing and was pushing... <coughs> groups that weren't in the main you know that weren't seen yeah. right into the mainstream but mm. now when you listen to it you will hear him talking about coloured girls and, and kind of wince a lot um lola yeah well exactly you know uh, yeah uh, yeah there must have when that came out there must have been so groundbreaking absolutely and so shocking and now it there's parts of it which a huge there. number of trans people got in touch with the kids and said you know thank you for finally talking about Mm. You know us, yeah, and our experience, and it and it and it was, it it sound, I think it it feels now like a piss take, but it, it there's so much love in it. Oh, definitely, yeah. It seems completely. It's, I think it's written as completely sincerely. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it's um, yeah. It's not a it's not a joke song. It's uh totally. It's, it's a love song. Um, and the next song is you, Andrew. Oh yeah, it's that's Roger Daltrey, uh, "Free Me," uh, from the soundtrack to McVicar which um, he's really, really good in. And this song, I get the, the chorus of the song stuck in my head. And um, uh, yeah, it seemed like an obvious choice. I really like that. And I hadn't heard it before. Um, and I haven't heard of this film, McVicker, did you say? Yeah. What is, I, what it's is that It's a biography film? of John McVicker, the um, uh, armed robber who um, uh, escaped uh, a couple of times. Um, and um, he's now like, he, and then he 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 got found, and he did a doctorate, and he now does kind of public speaking about wow. crime and about about prison reform and stuff like that. He's a really interesting bloke. Um, but the film is is cracking. It's very it's a very British film. Okay. Um, and um, is Roger Daltrey in it? He plays John McVicker. Okay. And he's great, and he's got he's got a real he's got a real presence to him and uh, and yeah and the soundtrack is by is by him it's it's a bit weird because it's not the who but it's all of the who play on it at some point right. um, and the the film is by the who films okay um, and that's uh that song is 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 right at the beginning um and um uh, the, where they're they're transferring him so the opening shot is them in, in, in an old black mariah transferring him from one prison to the next and um and and then every now and then it kind of crops up again, going, yeah, you'll never get out. And then his head, never get out, never get out, never get out, never get out. Free me! <laughs> and it's just, like, it suits his voice. Like, you know, it's, it, he's, his voice is amazing. And it's, it's, it's just, it's really strident. And, yeah, it's cool. I love, I love the films. And the whole soundtrack's good. Um, 
there's a there's a song something like sitting by the side of the road where he when he's when he has escaped he's underneath a big billboard and he's he's just sort of sleeping and and thinking about what he's going to do it's cool it's a it's it was sort of part of my childhood i watched it a lot when i was a kid it's interesting this is the second this is the first artist to have two entries in one of our mixtapes because paul mccaffrey picked 515 for leaving your job and it was a similar thing it was he said once i've left i'm on that train uh, feeling and there is that recurring thing in the Who that's it's music about freeing yourself and you know and, and it's getting out. Yeah, yeah, that seems to come up a lot in in the Who. Uh, my own, I as a teenager loved Tommy. I must have seen that film at least fifty times. Yeah. Um, but I never explored any other <laughs> Who music. I don't know why, and I need to to go back to it. I think I had Who's Next as well, but I. It was Tommy that I really liked. The Who seemed to be one of those bands that people pick a pick a, a little mm, part of their mm. career and for really. I mean, for me, it's the Who Live at Leeds. I listen right. to that obsessively. Um, Who's Next is my favourite sort of proper album of theirs. But um, the, the, I mean, the, the interesting thing about wanting to leave is that is that um, Pete Townsend hated being in the Who for most of the for the sixties and seventies. It's more sincere than it. Yeah, and it, there's a brilliant, there's a really really good interview with him. It's on YouTube um, where he's. He'd come home from tour and his wife said, oh, how was it? And he went, oh, I hated it. And she said, well, why do you still do it? And he went, because uh, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. <laughs> and he felt that he'd been given um, a commission, essentially, right. because um, they, they'd had a couple of great hits. And then, all right, this is, this is the band that, you know, he wanted to be an artist and this is the, the, the method he could be an mm-hmm, artist. So yeah. he had a commission from, the, from their fans. And, and it's, it's only really easy really... in retrospect to go, well, you're fucking Pete Townsend, like, you can do whatever you want. But, yeah. um, but the, you know, at the time, it might not have felt that way. Yeah, and he was, and he, like, you know, he was the art school kid, and he was with, like, three proper working-class thugs mm. who personalities didn't match at all. But it was only when, they, when he started doing more expansive stuff, the kind of rock opera stuff, that he suddenly realised that he could do... He could he didn't have limits on what he could do within this format, and that they could actually really kind of break out of it. Right. So the, that's Quadrophenia and, and Tommy. Quadrophenia and Tommy, yeah. and, and yeah, and um, uh, um, a quick one while while quick one while he's away was the, sort of the way they were getting into that uh, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. it's um, the best introduction to a song I think I've ever seen was when I saw them at um, Glastonbury two years ago, and Pete Townsend said, "This is a song about being able to see a really long way," and it was "I Can See for More." <laughs> <laughs> They're very good at having things about very specific situations, yeah. which um, which is perfect for us. If we do a mixtape for being good at pinball, yeah, maybe that's why they come up so much. Yeah, 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 that's true. They they they're songs where you go, that's exactly that situation. That's a bit of Yes, the next song is me, and I have chosen "I Put a Spell on You" by Screaming Jay Hawkins. I I just think this song, it's quite frightening when you first hear it, and I think Screaming Jay Hawkins is someone who just just seem, seems like quite a frightening person, <laughs> clearly mad, and just has this this kind of, um, it's a bit scary. And I think that when you go, if I was to go in prison, I'm not going to be able to use my uh, toughness to assert myself in the prison. So I Because you haven't got any. I'm not tough at yeah. all. I'm very, um, I'm weedy and fat at the same time. I don't know how <laughs> that's possible in one body. <laughs> yeah, just to describe me, I'm kind of fat in the body, but then weedy little arms. So I've got, I've got nothing in prison. So what I need to do is appear mad, and then people will leave sure. you alone. So Something. I'll be having Scream Joe Hawkins when I do that.
I love those noises at the end of that Ooh. song. <laughs> you never quite know where he's going to finish it, yeah. No, I think that there's so much music that I listen to which I can see. I don't know whether it's directly influenced by it, but I, I, I mean, some of it definitely is. Like, I love Tom Waits, and I can see yeah. a link between Scream mm. Dogs and Tom Waits, and Tom Waits <laughs> is quite kind of frightening. I remember hearing um, Filipina Box Spring Hog was probably the first Tom Waits song I heard, and just been like, what is this? Yeah, scariness in music is something which um, I appreciate. I quite like, um, there's, a, there's a nice musical irony to this particular song, right. using it for this, uh, this purpose. Um, because it's quite like the vocal line's quite free form and it, it rarely sort of stays within the bars. Right. Which I thought was a nice irony for. I should have picked some. <laughs> That's something that really fits in, yeah. It's so spot. For the first time, focusing on the instrumentation, it's so sparse. Mm. It's, an, mm. it's a bass drum, a snare, and a piano, and then that sax solo. Mm. Not, there's not a cymbal on it, there's not a kit, it's like, there's no traps, it's interesting. It's just stabs as well, it's not, yeah. there's, there's very little going on. It's, it's tremendous, yeah, I really it, like it. It feels almost like, um, <coughs> you may tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it feels almost kind of heavy metal. And oh, of, for sure, yeah. There's that kind of extremity of vocal is, mm. is absolutely mm. sort of proto-metal in its... And yeah. On to our next song. And it is yours, Graham. Okay. For the next song, at this point we're already in prison. For whatever reason, we're already in prison. As as you pointed out, Joe, I am similarly not a strong man. Uh, I'm about five foot eight, like long walks on the beach, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, the only way I think I could really survive is through sheer bribery. <laughs> Nothing special. Um, I haven't got away with words so much. Bribery. That's what I'm going for. So the song I have chosen to ingratiate ourselves with the guards is Cash Rules Everything Around Me by the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Yeah, so Cash Rules Everything Around Me, um, I think it is a good song to show the guards that we have some dollar dollar bills, y'all, as is the uh, the parlance. And I think we'll just be treated a bit nicer, um, you know, maybe send them a fat stack now and again to make sure we get kept out of trouble. Were the, because the, the Wu-Tang Clan, did they have a lot of money at this point? Cause this, is this the first album? I don't imagine they did at this point, no. So if you're worried, you haven't done research, we haven't done any research. You've got, to split, it a lot. You've got to split that money a lot of different ways, though. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Right? yeah. Mm. Definitely. They, yeah. Um... So they, 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 they didn't learn the Pappy's Fun Club rule of finance. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't they... Have you heard the thing about Martin Shkreli and Wu-Tang? Do you know about this? This is when he bought the car, right? Is it, so, one album. Yeah, so they, do you know this story? They, no, no. they, really, they made an, a new album right. and said they'd sell it for, was it a million pounds? Yeah. Um, well, they made, only one, made one, one copy, copy yeah, and they yeah. sell it for a million pounds. You know that Martin Screlly guy, the guy that bought loads, he's really horrible. Guy, he bought loads of oh, HIV right, okay. medication yeah, 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 yeah. and like jacked up the price. Right. And I think he's in prison now. But, yeah. Um, but he bought this. Oh, he was the guy. Yeah. And um, but there was a, a bit in the so there was a thing about how you're not allowed to then sell it on and stuff like that. Right, so you right, can only right. listen to it yourself. And there was a clause in it that said that the Wu Tang Clan are allowed to get it back via a heist. <laughs> and they're around. <laughs> yeah, they do have a heist against Martin Screlly. That's amazing. I was listening to a new album. There's loads of stuff about Martin Screlly making fun of him, and, and uh, yeah, I think they've uh, they got one up on him. That's oh, really cool. Really when cool. he went down, uh, when he went to prison, 
I remember there being lots of tweets about uh, not only did he commit that fraud, but he disrespected the Wu-Tang Clan, and we can't have that. <laughs> it's a fantastic song. It's, I, I do enjoy it very much. I thought this was appropriate as well. Whilst it was, uh, whilst it was playing, I thought I'd do a quick bit of read. ODB got arrested. And that isn't a surprise with the yeah. Wu-Tang Clan. Um, but he'd skipped uh, like a court-mandated rehab session. And then he went. Then he went to a record release party of Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> and funnily enough, they spotted him there. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, he kind of stands out being on the covers and such. Mm. And yeah, they. Got, I mean, I, I don't think it was a particularly long excursion, but I, I just think the the sheer brass neck of it. To yeah, I'm going to still go to my. I would lay low in that situation. Mm. I think I feel like this song is. I hope you understand this. It's met with love. I feel like you <laughs> would survive better in prison well yeah just for listeners at home i'm absolutely massive (laughs) Um, i'm 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 a seven foot tall and absolutely stacked like uh like two arnold schwarzeneggers (laughs) on top of each other and why do you think i mean that's but also not true why do you think i would survive better in prison i think you're i think i've heard you say yourself you're deceptively hard i (laughs) I think you can stand up i can take a punch for sure yeah (laughs) Whereas um, I run away from the punches. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I, for, for years, because I, I used to be uh, very involved in animal rights, and I was arrested a few times, that and, uh, like, uh, anti-sweatshop demos and stuff. Um, so uh, I, had a, I had a kind of background paranoia that I would end up in prison through uh, animal rights activism. Mm. And then we found out that the whole movement had been totally infiltrated by spy cops wow. who were doing mm. things like um, impregnating people having relations, getting married, and it went really, oh really... Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it, this was a, a well-known... It was so, a big news story. I remember it came yeah, out, didn't it? I presume we can't use names, but there was a well-known... Um, not cosmetics, but a soap. People oh, what, Lush, are we talking about? Yeah, didn't can, they have their big campaign about it? Oh, we're not on the BBC. Yeah, Lush, so. <laughs> yeah, Lush, had a big, yeah, Lush did a big campaign about it, which was, which was great. One of those things you kind of... <laughs> oh, cool, that's really good. And then there's this massive kind of vocal thing against it. But surely this is... Yeah. Surely that is about surely surely police marrying people and having kids with people while undercover as someone else in order to expose what these people are doing is is a bad thing. So, but so you have got a bit of a, a prison plan. So yeah, I mean yeah, I mean I, I genuinely uh, there's a weird instinct that takes over when you get arrested and you're in a cell. You start doing press ups. It just happens. <laughs> it just that absolutely happens. And is this to exert your dominance? It's, that was just to get that little bit. No, not it's not in front of other people. It's just oh, right. you know, no, it's just because it, it, don't put. It's not like the big holding pens you get in sort of American kind <laughs> of cop dramas. Um, uh, it's like that. Uh, it, there's just an instinct when you're there on your own to just kind of go right. I'm gonna get this some hard. I don't know if I would have that instinct. I think I'm too. I think I'd. I would rely on. Listen to some Wu Tang Clan. Can I have that? Can that be my phone call? Some little flavy Wu Tang Clan. You'd have to sort of prearrange it and set the Wu Tang Clan on your answer machine. Yeah. And then you'd have to I could just that. phone and make sure no one picks up. Yeah. That, that's that's my prison plan. So. Good plan. Um, yeah. I want to you next, Andrew. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is, I mean, the, the song I couldn't not have on this mixtape, which is Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy, uh, from the album Jailbreak. Um, which, uh, as as people listen to it at home, I would like to point out um, the 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 lyric in it, which goes, "Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in the town." People go, "Yeah, duh, the prison." Yeah, it's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that song, and Joe, you know, when you picked it, I was a little bit nervous because I think this is one of the bands 
that my dad listened to. Oh, yeah. And he, I was maybe a bit snobby about it because I see it, I think maybe unfairly now, as kind of dad rock. I, I, f- I find his, his, his lyrics are simple but incredibly evocative and his voice is incredible and, and um, I... I really love the breakdown that um, uh, basically has a new wave of British heavy metal riff, and then goes into you know the kind of it, the riff kicks off again. Mm. It's, it's 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 that album is absolutely wonderful, and the gatefold as well when it opens up and they're they're kind of they're, they're breaking out because they're running towards you on the on the album cover, and then you open up the the, uh, the gatefold and it's a bigger picture because there's a little window in the front bit. Right. Okay. What's this like a pop up? Are you saying? Like Not it? quite a pop oh, up, yeah. but yeah, it's it opens up and reveals more of the picture. This was one of the most in the bonus tracks. This is the one that m- most people suggested. Yeah, it does what it says on the tin, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, my my dad will be annoyed if I don't tell you the story that he saw. It's a song. Is it called Black Rose? I'm probably gonna get this wrong. So apologies yeah, to my so. father. That there's a guitarist on who plays on that. And the new guitarist can't do it. Right. He saw them on the one tour that they could ever play that oh, wow, song, nice. <laughs> um, like just after it was released and before um, hmm. uh, before that guitarist left. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. It does, it does what it says on the tin. But well, that, that album's worth a listen. It's got a Cowboy song on it as well, which is my my, my all time favourite thing. Okay. song. And the, the, the album's called Jailbreak, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, and it's um, got the Boys Are Back in Town on that. Which is it's great. Yeah, which you, is... you have to be have a cold heart to hate yeah. that song. Good. Uh, we, we've we've talked about it quite quickly. Is there anything else that we want to? Add to that. I think they're very good. <laughs> well done, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I, I suppose my question would be about how uh, we talked about how we would break out of jail. I'm imagining tunneling. Well, but uh, this sounds more like a prison riot using the chaos to. I think what I would personally do is I would hint that there would be a jailbreak somewhere in the town, i.e., the jail, and then to really fox them. In the library or something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right, yeah. They'd never see it coming. Never exactly see it coming. what the enemy would expect us no. to do, so therefore, exactly what we shan't do. Yes. Mm. Good idea. The last song is me, and I have thought that once we leave prison, things are never going to be the same. We can't just go back to, to certain we can't have public profiles as comedians, they're going to find us straight away. So we're going to be outlaws, and what is the perfect outlaw song I thought of? Uh, the Man in the Long Black Coat by Bob Dylan. <laughs> I think I would do better as an outlaw than as a prisoner. I think that I could cope with that lifestyle. I have a long black coat and uh, just be there in the distance. I don't think you'd do a long black coat. You'd look like a school tutor. There's <laughs> <laughs> a pause between school and tutor, mate. Like a school. <laughs> a school tutor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm imagining myself being a kind of mysterious Can you figure. Can grow a beard? Not well. I think no. an outlaw needs... A long black coat. You need it it, with a long black coat. You definitely need a beard. It's hard hard to shave if you're if you're an outlaw, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to shave. Yeah, Um, maybe I wouldn't cope as an outlaw. I think it's (laughs) why I've just listened to this song and it's made me feel that I could be an outlaw, and that is the case for it being included. Could you um? Could you could you do without your phone? Uh, Ah, you know I think full off the grid. Yeah, yeah. Really would have to. I mean, you're someone who. You you get in a way that you because you, you've been wild camping across the south. I've just spent a week yeah by cycling and wild camping. Um, so I yeah I mean I, I I could survive. I've 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 learned a lot about the what I like about living in a city from from not nice. you know. But I could yeah I could do it. I'd cycle about. I mean I I've been I've been camping 
sort of uh, stealth camping. Um, so you know, find a little nook where people can't see you and right and that sort of thing. So you know, I've been. I mean, I camped in the New Forest, and you're not allowed to do that. Uh, you did it. But I did it. I'm an outlaw. <laughs> because I'm an outlaw. You can't ask Well, there campsite. are campsites. There are loads of campsites. You're not allowed to there wild camp. Campsites. You're not allowed to wild camp in the forest. I, I thought there would at least be like a designated wild camping well, bit. That's, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Well, I'm sorry. I... Yeah, but, yeah, what point? That's mild camping. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't all wild camping illegal then? If Yeah. If by... Well, it's not legal. It's not. You're not going to get done for it. But yeah. Because all land in the UK is owned by someone. Right. There's no such thing as common land. Okay. Um, Dartmoor, you're allowed. Dartmoor, you're allowed to wild camp. Uh, Scotland, you're allowed to wild camp. Although they've started okay. putting in um, Loch Lomond, they've um, they've banned it in the summer months because mm. people are pricks, and this is partly what my new show's about. Right. It's just the rubbish and the leaving campfires. You know, mm. the leave no the That's leave so no trace. It's just nip mental. The, Loch you know, Lomond leave no trace. to wake up in front of Loch Lomond. Yeah, yeah, people are pricks. Well, we, we've escaped from prison. We have made a mixtape for it. We have a few extra tracks which people from the outside world have suggested. If people would like to suggest tracks for future podcasts, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at emixpod, or you can go on Facebook, which is also emixpod, or you can email us, which is emergencymixtapepodcast at gmail.com. I'll run you through some suggestions Lisa Broughton, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, said, and a few people have said this, Johnny Cash's Folsom, Folsom Prison Blues. Lovely. Yeah, it's a good um, choice. I'm assuming the live version is the better version, is that? This, the, this was the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, when he says, I killed so far, they all cheer, <laughs> which I like. Uh, and the damn smash it up. It's mm. also an excellent choice. Poodle Club, I assume that's Karen from the Poodle Club, said, we've got to get out of this place by the animals. Appropriate. On the nose, but, oh, yeah. but I like it. Paul Stanford suggested something which I'd never I'd never heard this band I wonder whether he's getting the track title wrong because I couldn't find this song and there is a song called Cellmate or something like that which was really good <coughs> by Mariachi El Bronx you heard of this band? absolutely not it sounds like a kind of punky mariachi band mm, and they sound as good as, as that description sign sounds. me up um, I couldn't find a song called These Prison Walls but uh it might be maybe a song called Cellmate. Uh, Drew Taylor and my dad and lots of people suggested Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. Donna Bond suggested I Want to Break Free by Queen. There's also a, a British Hold cover of that song, which is absolutely fantastic. Tom Toll suggested Get Free by The Vines. Yeah, I agree. It was almost one of mine. Are The Vines still around? Are they still... What's the word? <laughs> <laughs> They're around in here. And, in our, and in all of our I'm hearts. gesturing to my heart right now. Right. Uh, Nigel Whitfield suggested Back on the Chain Gang by The Pretenders. <laughs> Although I, I, I assume it's The Pretenders version. I, I searched for this and there's also a Morrissey song called Back on the Chain Gang mm. uh, from his later absolutely appalling albums. Uh, Dinger. Remember Dinger from the Wedding Rooms? I no. do. Dinger. Do 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 he was a postman and a punk and he used to yeah. introduce the comics at the Wedding Rooms Comedy Club. And uh, it was just a, it was just a legend, yeah. just a local legend, and a great taste. He suggests so he has suggested Sham Sixty Nine's Bottle Breakout, nice. which I, I yeah, like a lot. Sham yeah. uh, Sixty Nine are a band I like. I do not think I would get on with them as friends. I don't think they would like me. They always seem a bit um, uh, a bit scary. Is that fair to say, or am I judging them on their appearance? I'm trying to think because 
I thought for a while we'd put Sham 69 on at a local venue, uh, which was well, the barn, the Milton barn. Um, but it wasn't, it was 999. So that's right. Not, yeah, similar. Uh, and Jackson has suggested Run the Jaws, Close Your Eyes account to Fat, which I love. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. Entirely happy um, with that. We have that at our wedding and we will, uh, we will dance to that. Thank you for coming on. And a pleasure. You are working on a new French show. Are you touring after the French? Yes, in uh, the autumn I'm touring my previous show. Um, I'm a rich man and I have many sons. And all the dates are on my website, andrewneal.co.uk, or any of the social medias. I want to recommend your book as well. It's absolutely oh, fantastic. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. A History it was... of Heavy Metal. By yeah, and as someone O'Neill. who's not... Sorry, I spoke over you saying what no, it is. No, 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 it's called History of Heavy Metal. Yeah. Uh, it's by Andrew O'Neill. By Andrew O'Neill, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, as someone who wasn't a big metal fan going into it, it was a really good entry point into understanding why people are kind of getting into it and, and seeing the, the appeal of it from something which oh, good. can be Thank difficult to get into from the outside sometimes. Yeah, it can seem intimidating, but we're all just nice. Hmm. That's everything for us. So, yes, if you would like to suggest tracks for future podcasts, at emixpod or emixpod on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to suggest scenarios you would like us to make mixtapes for, uh, just email emergencymixtapepodcast at gmail.com and make sure that you like and subscribe on iTunes. I've been Joe, thank you. I've been Graham, thank you. But what will my life be like now? I'll have to live as an outlaw. We're not outlaws, Joe. We were only in overnight. But I'll never be the same. We were very lucky. They let us off with a caution on the condition that we apologise to the banjo player from Mumford and Sons. Oh, is that who that guy was? Yes, and he was very gracious and we were very lucky. I guess the moral is that the real prisons are the ones we build ourselves. No, the moral is don't send death threats to folk musicians. It's illegal. You're so uptight.